Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2019, and I just want to welcome you to my podcast um, titled Miss Kim McLeod, VA Real Talk. Um, this podcast, of course, will discuss and share daily motivations, lessons learned, holistic health, and season of singleness. And I just want to thank you for being a part of this amazing podcast. And I'm absolutely sure you would learn and take something valuable from each session. Um, if you're brand new to this podcast, I just want to express my appreciation to you. And thank you for sharing your time with me because I know there's so many other people that you can be listening to. But um, you've given me a chance and a try to speak some life and encouragement to you. And to share some laughs, of course, and be transparent and real with you. Um, this podcast is not like any others. Um, this is definitely one of a kind. So I hope you continue to enjoy. I will encourage you to tune in to other podcasts, um, of course. So I started back in spring 2018. So I have a lot to share. And um, I hope that you will gain some value from this Thanks again, and stay tuned. We have some really great episodes coming up. Hey, um, word for all my singles out here. Um, I want to reach out to you all to let you all know you are more than welcome to send me a voice message on um, this podcast on Anchor, or um, you are more than welcome to reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or through my email. Um, All of that information is on my podcast homepage, and I'm asking you all to reach out to me to um, tell me or request topics that you would like for me um, to talk about, or you can submit questions or comments or different discussions um, that you would like to um, hear my opinion on, um, to hear my perspective on. Um, I would love, love to um, do that as well. Also, um, if you are interested in being a ho- being a co-host on my podcast, please um, reach out to me. I am, um, I will say, desperate but I'm not desperate but I would really like to interview um, some people out here um, I know a lot of people as in family members as well a lot of friends um, colleagues acquaintances and um, I know we all have a story to share we all have phenomenal things um, to share and to bring value um, to other people and I would just love to be able to interview some of you all um, since April I started my podcast um, April 30th 2018 and um, I'm coming up here soon for my one year anniversary and you know I've only interviewed one person and special shout out um, to one of my cousins she actually allowed she actually allowed me to interview her Um, back last summer and it was an incredible podcast I really really want you all to go back and listen to that it's um what would I tell my 30 year old self it was uh, it's honestly probably one of my favorite podcasts 
thus far. And so um, I really want to be more engaging with my with my listeners, with my audience. So I would most definitely would like to interview some of you all. Um, we could definitely discuss and um, come up with a topic that you feel most comfortable about sharing. Um, I'm pretty open in that area. So um, I just hope that um, you've all been enjoying this podcast. I just want to thank you once again for tuning in. Don't be a stranger. Feel free to reach out to me. And um, look forward to more podcasts, most definitely. All right, welcome back, everyone. Thanks again. So I really, really hope before you listening to this that you have listened to um, part one of what would I tell my eight-year-old self um, interview with uh, Miss Leah Simmons. So we're going to tap into a little bit more of an introduction um, about Miss Leah. So honestly, I was trying to think about this today. I don't even remember exactly what year we met, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't know, was it like possibly 2004? I'm thinking either between 2004 yeah. or five or six. One of those years, I'm guessing. So I want to say I've known you when I was at least 16. Mm-hmm. I think that, that will, okay, I think that's fair. Youth service. I think, I think. It was youth service somewhere. You were there. Right, you were a ball right. of energy. I'm like, this woman crazy. So I, I think that's safe to say. Yeah, I want to say that's safe to say. So we will say, so that's. That's 14 years, mm-hmm. we would say. Okay, so <laughs> so I think we have that covered. So I don't been remember. interviewed by a friend that I've known for 14 years, <laughs> most definitely. So we met. So mm-hmm. since it's still on, um, we're still talking about spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. So we actually met at a spiritual event, religious mm-hmm. event. Um, so for those of you that don't know, um, I consider myself a Christian. Of course, I talk about this in other podcasts, but I consider myself a Christian. Um, I know now in a Christian world, there's so many denominations now and other segments that people call themselves outside of Christian. So I'm a Christian, first and foremost, of course. Um, but if you add another title to that, I do consider myself apostolic. So that that's pretty much really what that really is, just following the apostles' doctrine. We're following the Bible of course, to the best of our abilities. We believe in one God. We believe in one baptism, baptism in Jesus' name. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, Jesus' spirit, uh, with evidence of speaking in tongues. So that's pretty much the gist of our doctrine and of our belief. So we actually met. Do you know what youth service it was? Because honestly, I don't remember what no. youth service was. Okay. So we met at some type of youth function. Was it so youth camp? I, that's no, what I personally think no, it was. It, it can't be youth camp. I, you I, didn't I, thought go youth camp? I thought going at 14. <laughs> so it couldn't have been youth camp. I don't know why camp. I felt like I. It must have been a family camp. Did you ever go to any family camps? No. <laughs> that's so strange to me because I feel like I, I remember you at a youth camp. Or family camp. Okay. We don't, okay. So okay, let's be real. But, we don't remember how we met. We're having a hard time remembering. That's fine. Know, this is I, fine. I do know I met her at a service, and I thought she was like a spitfire. And I'm like, this girl has too much energy. She is bubbly. She is nutso. Have I been proven wrong? 
well, I thought the same thing about you. So <laughs> I don't know. Like, so I guess we're in good company. <laughs> well, another friend in the background, she said she felt the same way about both of us. So I think we're in good company tonight. I think we are a great company tonight. <laughs> and so, um, so just to go to show you, though, um, just the way that we're joking around right now, just to go to show you that we had a great, I know I did, had a great time in the church as a teenager, as a young person. So a young person out there, pretty much stay in church. It is so <laughs> I don't, much fun. It is. Like, there's so many, like, because we're part of the UPCI, so United Pentecostal Churches International. So we know, of course, there's multiple apostolic um, organizations out there, but that's the organization that we choose to be a part of. So I've been part of the UPCI since I was 14 years old. I was born and raised into it. I was born into the pew. There you go. <laughs> there you have it. So we're very familiar with the UPCI. So with the UPCI, there's tons of things that goes on oh for a young person. God. We have North America Youth Congress. <laughs> we have youth camps, family camps, youth conventions. Section rallies, lock-ins, hangouts randomly. So you funny. name it, we have it. You will not be bored. You will not be bored at a UPCI church function because... Even if you at my church, like, I think one day they rented the church and they had, like, a Nerf gun war in the sanctuary. I'm talking about a year, like, not even six months to a year ago they did. I'm like, what? What? Yeah. Nerf wars in church? What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't understand this. I was done. But when we were in church, we did, like, the lock-ins all night and we, like, oh, man. We were up all night with, like, back when Starbucks was becoming a thing. <laughs> it was still in books. Was it Books a Million when it first came out when we were young? Oh, yeah. We did Starbucks was, like, becoming a thing and, like, going to youth camp and, like, March Madness that got you up at the earliest and waking you up with all these, like, little fun drills. Oh, my Lord. It was fun being a young person at UPCI because we were never bored. They exactly. They kept us so busy. Exactly. And if you're, if you're a young person and you're bored... You really need to talk to your parents and you really need to talk to your youth pastor and figure out in your pastor mm -hmm. of the church and figure out what in the world is going on because that's the thing we know about children and young people. Yeah. We need to have fun. We need yeah. an outlet to be able to be express silly. who we are and get out that energy. We have so yes. much energy and need to be put out in the right way. And I think I remember um, Reverend Lee Stone King yes. talking about that too. It's an yes. energy you know, we have to put that energy into the right things. Yes. Because if we don't, we will do it for the world, right? Indeed. So it's best to have things going on in the church for young people. And like, Amen. I would definitely agree 100% with Cecilia. You're part of the PCI. You, go, you honestly, there's so much stuff that goes on. You get stressed and worried because you can't go to everything. Yeah. Like, I remember my dad telling me one time when I was a young person, Kim, you're not going to be able to go to everything. What? I legit was trying to go to every single thing you that was scheduled for a young person. Oh so there's so much, and that's, that's how we met, because we took the initiative to go outside of our own local church, because I, I grew up in, the, in Harrisonburg, Virginia, um, So and Leah was in Northern Virginia, so yes, we was, was like a good, what, three hours away from each other. And we weren't driving yet. Right, right. Oh, and man. so, yeah, so just wanted to give y'all a little more, you know, and right now I'm, and it's crazy because right now I'm in the Hampton Roads right now. Mm -hmm. I live in the Hampton Roads. I've been living in the Hampton Roads for the past 11 years. She's still in Northern Virginia, but she, now she's in town this weekend. 
so, I need a girls weekend, so I can't find some girls. <laughs> so there you go. So you still you and you know we're not the only story like this. Nope. There's thousands. There's thousands. There's thousands, thousands of stories like this. Mm-hmm. In an apostolic setting, mm-hmm. definitely need peace. Like I can't speak for any other organizations. I haven't been part of any other any other apostolic organizations, but I know for the PCI. There's thousands of stories like this where we're still, we would meet at a youth function and as adults, we're still friends and still doing things together. And I have a lot of friends like that right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as a young person, stay connected. Like we said in the other episode, you know, you're in that transition, you're 18, 19. The best thing that you can do is to stay connected with other people because we're all going to struggle at some point in time in our walk with God. And it's going to be more than, more, most likely there's going to be more than one season that you're going to be struggling with your true. faith. You know, your faith going to be wavering at times. And so you need to keep yourself rooted and grounded um, in the truth, of course. But you need to make sure you're connected um, with, with someone that's in that same belief. And I know last week I had the opportunity to go to a hyphen event. This is for geared towards between 18 and 30-ish um, age group. And that's what the minister was saying. You know, God has placed, he said that it's not an accident. And it's so, it was so powerful here. Mm-hmm. He said, I get, I'm get. i getting the Holy Ghost chills right now. He said, it's no mistake or no coincidence that you have the friends that you have right now. He said, God has specifically ordained the friendships that you have right now in this truth. And it's to help us this stay connected of course to continue on in this so you know one day i may be struggling and lee may not be struggling one day lee may be struggling i could you know could be struggling but we need to be able to stay connected not to get isolated because i have the tendency to do that um and i you know i think many of us do being an extrovert i still have the tendency to shut down and close off when i am personally struggling um spiritually or mentally or emotionally things like that so um, I just wanted to give you a, you know, a little history about us and why I'm, you know, why we're being interviewed. And of course, I've been trying to find someone since the summertime to interview. I was supposed to interview a friend last week when I was with, but we were so lazy and bumming out last week and that did not happen. So I'm going to try to catch her one day. One of these days, I'm going to interview her. But so I just feel like not yet to move forward yet with the spiritual thing. I want to um, get some more information from Leah about the spiritual aspect, okay? So she discussed in the first in the first episode of this and how there was a lot of uncertainty and pressures and cares of the world um, that she allowed to, um, that she, you know, she lost her focus pretty much and walked away from the Lord for a season. I just like for her to share um key I guess key points or the things that happened to her like a a bit of her testimony that allowed her to come back still as a young person because you know you're still young I'm very you know young, thank you. you know you're 30 you're I'm still young, young. so <laughs> you know what are some things that helped you to get back in so this is where I'm gonna say the hand of God was all over my life um a little bit about my background I I said earlier I was pretty much born in a pew um, at the time I was born, my dad was pastoring a church and he stopped pastoring that church when I was around four or five. And so I pretty much grew up apostolic. I've known nothing else since then. I've been blessed in that. And, um, so that was a blessing. 
So having that rich heritage in the back of my mind was somewhat helpful. So when I was a young person, I was in high school, um, when I was 15, my youth pastor like was there one Sunday and then he wasn't there the next Sunday. And then they had to kind of deal with the, the, the fallout from that. So that was very traumatic for me. And then unfortunately, I'm be transparent. When I was 17, I was sexually assaulted by someone close to me, which kind of started the spiral. And then I was trying to stay in church and people were, they sent me on a missions trip that I really wanted to go on it and God opened doors for me that way. But when I came back and reality hit of everything that happens to me, I didn't know what to do. And so I didn't have the tools needed. I felt to be able to survive everything that happened. And so I walked away from God from the time I was almost 19. I didn't come back to church until I was almost 24. So I was gone for a good season of my life. And um, I was very blessed that my dad ironically let me stay at his house. But he had two rules while I was at his house. I will, I will be in church on Sunday. He's like, you don't have to worship God. You don't have to participate, in, but you will be there. And um, I had to be in school full time. So even though I had walked away from God in my heart, every Sunday I was still in church. I'd listen, I'd hear the music. Um, there were sometimes I'd have, I would have earphones in. There were sometimes I'd take them out and I would just read a book in the back and I would just sit there in the back. And one of the things that never ceased to amaze me is my pastor's wife. She'd always come up and see me every time and say, Leah, I love you and I'm praying for you. For the entire time I was gone. Like, I love you and I'm praying for you. She didn't say a lot to me. I was part of a really big church. and But she she knew something was wrong. But she knew I didn't want to hear the, oh, God gives his toughest battles to his toughest soldiers. And she knew I was away from God. She didn't, she knew the extent of everything I was involved with when I was away from God. But it was the small things that people in the church did. It was the fact that um, people come by and say, Leah, we love you. And we, we, we love we love seeing you. We're happy you're here. And it was just this love. It was it was the love from the people of God. And then um, my home life was kind of going haywire for several other reasons outside of the things that happened before I left. But when I left, it got my home life got a little bit more chaotic. And um, my dad and I were fighting. My brothers and I were fighting. And my mom always looked at me and said, Leah, no matter how far you go, God still loves you. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And unfortunately, I got, I started, um, I got some friends that were really bad for me. I started, uh, had a friend um, who was a full-blown witch. And we had been hanging out for years. And I started dabbling in the occultic things. And it was a hot mess. And I, I always look at God. I always tell people, I'm like, I don't know if it was my mom's prayers or my dad's prayers. Because it didn't make sense that I was living in a Christian home. And yet I was so far away from God. And yet, the relationships I had in my life were so bad and toxic. And uh, honestly, it was the love of the people at the church that my dad was making me at the time go to. So I'm like, well, I can't afford to live on my own. So I had to honor my dad and be like, oh, I got to stay at the house. I'll be in church. And I really, don't, I really can't say what sparked it because I was away from God for a good season of my life. And when I was away, you know, the devil had a field day with me got involved in a lot of bad things and stuff like that. And I think there was one night I came home and I have no idea what my mom was up. I'd been out in the world and I'd come home. I'd missed my curfew and my mom turned and unlocked the door. And uh, she looked at me and goes, Leah, I don't know what you've been doing, 
But no matter what you do, even if you decide to live a lifestyle of sin, I'm going to love you because you're my daughter. And God feels the exact same way no matter how far you try to run away from him or get away from like God still loves you and he still wants you to come home. And I think that was a turning point for me. I was like, wow. I think I was like, my mom said I was like 20, 22, almost 23. And there were times I'd come to church and I'd be like on fire like for a month and I'd just go right back out. I'd come in, be on fire, come and leave again. So I wasn't really sure. I'm like, well, my mom can forgive me, but I don't know if God can because I'm like, I knew better. And a lot of times what happens with, with when people walk away it's not that the church is bad. It's like we have the guilt and shame because we knew better. And we still went out there and did whatever we wanted to do. And we're so terrified of people saying, well, you knew better. Why are you out there doing that? And I couldn't believe you. And how could you? And especially when your dad's a leader and his children or his child goes off the deep end and your dad's still a leader and you, you come back and because there's a lot of pressure sometimes on our leaders' children because we feel like we can't make a mistake because it has fallout. Oh, the pastor's kids are doing it or the leaders, why can't I do it? And so even when I was away, there were people in my life who would see me and they would tell me they, were lo they loved me, they prayed for me. Even those who knew what I was involved in dabbling in, they're like, we, we still love you, Leah. So for me, it was the fact that the people of God who were real and in my life no matter what I did, no matter how many times I yelled at them, screamed at them at church, told them to go away, don't bother me, I don't want to deal with you right now, no matter how volatile I got verbally with them, they were like, it's okay, baby. We still going to love you anyway. So at the end of the day, it was a lot of people I knew were praying for me. And after being in the world for a while, I'm like, I'm not happy here either. Like I wasn't happy in church so I left and I went to the world and I realized I'm not happy there either and no matter no, no amount of drugs alcohol sex any of it was gonna ever like solve any of it and so I was like well maybe if I go back to what I know what I forsook maybe I'll find some sense of direction I'll find some sense of peace because I was being tormented so I knew better but I didn't feel like I could come back because I felt like I'd gone to the extreme and people would be so judgy and hurtful and I don't want to deal with the guilt and shame of like, oh, I messed up or people find out what I had done. And so when I came back, I was very surprised at the fact that they treated me as if I never left. And once I knew that and they started talking to me and dealing with me about how, okay, how do I get out of the stuff I got myself involved in, it was nothing but love. It was, it was really love that brought me back. So it was like, wow, they still love me. That's interesting. Hmm. Amen, amen. <laughs> so what I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. So it sounds like the major thing that brought you back was pretty much you was just not happy in the world. You was not being satisfied in the world. Mm -mm. And that void you was pretty much trying to fill was not being filled through the world. Mm -mm. I think sometimes... I don't know if people understand. Some people are able to have that resilience of like they're never going to walk away from God. They're going to stay the course no matter what. But a lot of times what people don't understand is that when people like leave the church or like they physically leave the church and they physically leave the church, they've been like contemplating it in their heart for at least six months to a year before they ever make any action. 
So when people leave, it's not like it was sudden. I promise you this. Because um, it's funny, because like all my, it's funny for my mom and dad, all three of their kids love God. And at one point, they had three kids not serving God at all. And we, when they asked us about it, when we all came back in, they're like, what happened? I'm like, we, we weren't happy. And we felt like, well, we've done this all our entire lives. And we, we had to know. We wanted to see if what we've been hearing about these testimonies about what God delivered you from and all this fun jazz. And the thing about it was like, what happened, like we were seeing a lot of people who they were, you know, giving accolades to for going away. And, you know, they came back and they were so happy, but there was no like, hey, you stayed. That's awesome. You didn't walk away. Hey, you stayed. And it was like, it was, they felt to us, it felt like they cared more about those people they were winning in the world than those in the pew. And that's where I know once that happened to me, I was done. Like when that happened to me, I checked out and it took, it took and I didn't like physically like leave. I like, I checked out spiritually about six months before I left. So I was like, well, this ain't for me no more. I'm going to have to, cause I, I knew, I knew how to fake church, you know, clap your hands the right time and, you know, do the hallelujah shout and fake fall out in the spirit realm. Cause people leave you alone that way. How to close your eyes and cry and. People assume that, you know, oh, God's touching her. Like, no, I'm just really annoyed. <laughs> so growing up, I knew how to fake church. I knew how to make it look like everything was fine. And in reality, I'd like checked out. And then I never physically left the church. So I was always there on Sunday per my dad's requirement staying in his house. But I would be living like a hellion Monday through Saturday. I'd go to church for my two and a half hours, three hours. And... I would leave church, and I'm not going to lie, I'd leave church and go out and drink with my friends. Not going to lie. Didn't bother me at all. I'm like, well, I don't, I got to be there, but I'm not participating. I don't have a walk with God, nor do I want one. So I had no qualms, like, going to church on Sunday, doing my church, my checklist, or my fire insurance, so to speak, and then going back out there and living like a complete heathen. So, I'm trying to think how I want to transition this. So, Pretty much, I want to let all my 18-year-old people out here, and I, I really believe everything that Lee has said, everything I've said thus far, if you're 30 years old like us, I think that you would completely want to agree with pretty much everything we said. Um, because if it was not you that dealt with what she dealt with, you may know someone, either be a family member or a friend that you grew up with that has dealt with that. Um, or you, you know, maybe dealing with it right now, but the thing about it is at that age bracket, that transition. So for those that, those of you that's in high school right now, um, and I know there's a probably a few of you all that's in high school and maybe listening to this, but you're at 17, 18, you're about to make some of the most craziest, crucial, yes, crucial decisions in this age bracket, decisions that will affect your life down there like there are things that I made at 18 19 20 21 that were horrible that I I'm having to still deal with at 30 right right so when you're transitioning be very cautious who you put yourself around that's what I'm about to talk about be very cautious (laughs) 
of who is speaking into your life because those friendships up around, if they're not above board and not helping you get to where you want to go and you have to restart your life over in your 20s because you made some dumb decisions financially with credit cards and stupid stuff and wasting money here and there, like transitioning in this phase is so crucial because you don't realize and this makes i'm trying to i'll be 31 in like two months there are decisions that i made at 18 that have positively and negatively impacted my life and i am almost 31 and it has taken me years to recoup what i've thrown away or lost almost 10 15 years ago like it's no joke i agree same here most definitely and I'm so glad Leah brought that up. We're, we're, I guess we're in the spirit. <laughs> because one of the things I wanted to make mention, so Leah already mentioned about, you know, you need to be honest. But before we touch on that, since you already touched on being around the right people, I say it's so crucial in that age group to have a fantastic relationship with your pastor. Like, I didn't even realize, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I didn't even realize that, like, I guess I did, but... I guess more so now being 30 years old and still having a really good relationship with my former pastor mm-hmm. at that moment of time. Because I have a, you know, I have a new pastor now being in Norfolk for the past 11 years, but I still have a great relationship with my um, former pastor, um, Pastor Jeremy Poland out of Harrisburg. Special shout out to him and his wife, Sister Poland. Oh my goodness, one of the greatest people you will ever meet in your entire life, like real deal. They mentored me. They, they legit... I really feel like they gave me everything I needed as a young person. And I don't know that they knew or unknowingly, but they legit prepared me to get to Norfolk and was able to survive throughout these years in the Hampton Roads. And I say this because you need to have this relationship with your pastor and you need to be honest with your pastor because look, I was gonna go to I was gonna go to Bible college. I had my mind so set on going to Indiana Bible College IBC. Um, so set on going there when I was when I was gonna get out of high school, and I remember going to my pastor, and we talked about it and whatever. He put me on a fast. He legit put me on a fast to pray because he was he didn't feel like it was necessarily you know God's will necessarily. He so we you know we we I went on a fast, you know, and I remember that fast because I think it was supposed to be a month. I ended up it ended up turning to three months. Ended up turning into a three month fast. And the word was pretty much no. It was no. And you know, there was so much peace in that, and I was completely okay with that. But you know, it's so interesting that he knew was the my pastor at the time. He knew it was God's will for me to go to Norfolk State University, which is so interesting. You know, it had to be a God thing because you would think, you know, going to IBC sounds so much more spiritual than going to a secular school. But it really was the Lord because. There's no doubt at all that me making that transition um, when I was 19 years old, moving to Norfolk, going to Norfolk State University, being where I'm at today, being a part of Norfolk Apostolic Church, the church that I'm into right now, current pastor right now, Pastor Michael um, G. Blankenship, special shout out right now. But um, for real, like being able to have that relationship, and my former pastor talked to my new pastor, they already knew each other. so. I had a great transition as well. And I feel as when doing that transition, a lot of young people, instead of them getting closer to their pastors, they 
um, I guess they lessen the communication. They remove themselves from their leadership more so. They become becoming more secretive and whatever the case may be. You need to be, you need to have a really good relationship with your pastor at that age. Just saying. So, um, what else can I say about this? So, be honest. Be honest with God. And, you know, it's funny because people ask me, you ask me questions like, how do you know, how are you so close to the Lord and blah, 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 this, blah, blah, that. It's, it's not, to me, it's because from day one, when I, when I, when I was 14 years old, that's when I was filled with the Holy Ghost. On that day, I gave my heart to the Lord. So from that day, even my prayers before that day, my prayers, I remember, was straight from the heart. To this day, I tell Jesus exactly what is on my heart. I'm 100% honest with him, 100% honest with him. So it's like the first thing that comes to my mind or first thing that I, I know I'm dealing with or struggling with, that's what I'm going to present to the Lord. And I feel like we need to be honest with the Lord, with everything in our heart. Be honest with ourselves. You know what you're dealing with. You know what's on your mind. Take care of it spiritually so you will not have to walk away. Like I said, we're all going to have moments and times that we struggle. Moses struggled. Obviously, I'm trying not to preach here. Moses struggled. He almost... Check this out, y'all. I know this is like a side note, but, you know, Moses almost got Moses got in trouble a few times with the Lord. And one of the first times, he didn't want to circumcise his son. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he like he was literally just called. He was literally just called to go back to Egypt and call people out, and he got into it with the Lord. Like, we're all going to have those points. We're all going to have those struggling points. But you need to stay connected. Stay connected to the people that's around you. Have a good relationship with your pastor. Have a good relationship with your parents. I know sometimes that's not necessarily possible at times because if you're a family not, you know, walking with the Lord, I know that may be some tension there. But do your best to be peaceful with all men, of course. Stay connected. I'm going to close out on the spiritual part here because I know time is winding down on us. But I really hope this has blessed someone, encouraged someone. Share this on your social media outlets. If this has blessed you, if this is relevant to you, you feel like this could benefit someone, share it. And so before we close out, Leah, do you have any final words for the spiritual aspect for a young person? Like a one word or a scripture. Don't that, forsake your prayer life either. Come on now. I mean, I remember when I started walking, when I started feeling the pressure, the anxiety to have a decision when I was younger, I would pray. I'd get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to pray if I went to school. I'd pray like for one, two hours a day, no matter what age I was. It was crazy, and I felt so close to God. And when decision time came, the first thing that hit that I sacrificed was my prayer time. Like, it went from, like, two hours to, like, zero. And I forsook. So definitely don't forsake your prayer time. But then again, be honest. The body cannot help you if you don't tell them what you need. Amen. So that would be the closeout. Like, don't forsake your private time with God, no matter what you're going through. No matter if you're 18, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, no matter how old you are, do not forsake that. And also, be honest with yourself, be honest with God, and be honest with the body, because the body can't help you if you don't know. And that was my biggest mistake. I didn't tell the body what was going on. I didn't tell God what was going on. 
and I just kind of walked around and suffered in silence. And eventually, I let things in, and I left, and that was no bueno. All right, now, y'all heard it first. I'm so excited that I've been able to interview with Miss Leah. So this is going to be ending our spiritual part of what would I tell my 18-year-old self. There, stay tuned for another sec for another episode because we got another good episode coming on on um, the mental aspect of what we tell your 18 year old self. But um, we're gonna close out on here. Thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate every last one of you all. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. Um, of course, all my information is on my podcast homepage. Thanks again.